You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And Logan, this is the earliest we have ever recorded a podcast. <laughs> Just, I want that noted for the record book. Uh, it is currently 6.56 in the morning. We're grinders. We're grinding. Doing yeah, you, 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 don't, you get up early, though. Like, you're training, guys. You're up early. I do. I do. Uh, I, I have a, a wonderful uh, woman named Molly who I train twice a week at 7 a.m. Yeah. Uh, this is not one of those days I'm typically so up. You're this sleeping early, in it, right now, man. That's all it is. But norm- normally, normally I got you know we need a warm up for the podcast, if you will. I you know while the client's doing doing her warm up, uh, I can kind of I can kind of come to mentally. <laughs> yeah, that it's is different uh, different different demand. Yeah, no doubt here on on uh, what we're doing. So here's what we got. Uh, here, here's the warm up. Right, let's set a plan if you will, a session plan. Uh, we're going to talk about OTAs. Obviously, they didn't wind up doing anything uh, on Tuesday. They, they wound up canceling that practice. Uh, just had some meetings and uh, kind of a more fun day uh, and then sent everybody home for the summer. Uh, so we will just go our kind of big takeaways from OTAs. Then stock up, stock down on players through the spring. And then our three biggest training camp questions. That's all still to come on this edition of Take Command. So let's let's start with kind of the big picture what do you come out of the spring knowing that you didn't know going in? Knowing that I didn't know going in. Um, that's a really good question. Knowing I don't know anything at this point, I'll say that. Things that have <laughs> I've been things that have been informed, I think, a little bit more, I think, is the um I'm really excited about where the secondary is going uh for this team. I think um obviously Cam Curl didn't practice, so it's not exactly finalized. So I don't know exactly what that's gonna look like, but in terms of guys showing you things that um, make you feel really good about the direction that group is going. Forbes, I thought, had an excellent OTA minicamp period. Um, Quan also, I mean, his role was a little bit different. You know, Forbes was kind of getting that, you know, starter type role, and Quan's still trying to establish that role. Um, Percy right. Butler, I thought, looked great at times. Like, you know, um, listen to Kimes' podcast, um, like his speed. Like, that's something I agree with. You know, to me, I'm still so cautious with those young safeties. Forrest also, because there was no runs in this. And and while safety is the position and the demands of that position have changed pretty dramatically, like, they still are run players. So how does that look once you get the pads on, once EB's doing some more run stuff and they have to fit runs and kind of negotiate play action, negotiate short game to, to long concepts. So that's interesting. And I actually thought Fuller, you know, a guy we haven't talked about a ton, just did really, it was just super consistent, you know, and um, he, him and Terry always have interesting battles. And I think one of the things with Fuller is it's so hard to evaluate him because he's so smart and he just figures out like what's happening, like almost the first day. It's like, how did he know that was coming? And so I think 
as we get deeper into camp for, for me, Fuller, you know, obviously they played pretty good last year, obviously ups and downs, but on the whole pretty consistent in terms of what Jack wanted and philosophically what Jack was looking for. But, um, a guy that I think I won't really know where he's at until they get to that Baltimore practice. But again, everyone did really well defense in the back end looked really good. And if that group plays continues to progress the way they look during OTAs and minicamp, it's going to be a, it's going to be a scary group, man. It, the defense is going to be really, really scary because I think it elevates every other aspect of, of this team. Yeah, definitely. For whatever it's worth, I don't know why I didn't think of this before. Fuller is the one guy that has extensive experience against this offense because he used to, you know, yeah, practice, the Chiefs, yeah. practice against it. So maybe some of the recognition stuff is you know, not just because he's brilliant, but because it is that familiar sure. um, does come back a little quicker for him. But generally speaking, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point that the secondary has done what you'd hope for. But in the same way we talk about with how this is not all really set up for him to be super successful because of the lack of uh, or the one dimensional nature of these sure. practices, um, that shouldn't mean there's advantages for the defense that are built in. And, you know, their ability to be exactly where they need to be is affected by the fact that they're not seeing run. Um, but they, you also like can't take off points for them doing the right thing right it's like oh yeah hey you didn't have to think about this other thing but you did what all we could ask you to do sorry you didn't accidentally mess up a couple times to make it look more real like that's not a thing yeah. so i think it's really you know like you said it's really encouraging um knowing curls coming and, and to your point the last thing that you said um something i just kind of want to underscore you know kind of looking ahead if the secondary can be 2% better, yeah, like we did all those over-unders with Nick um, and, you know, the sack numbers were some of the big ones that we talked about with Montez. How does he finish more plays? You know, and it was, you know, he had a pretty hilarious answer last week. How do you finish more plays? I just got to get there, man. I just got to get the guy down. Um, but it's also like, well, okay, how do you get there? How do you buy that extra tenth of a second so that the quarterback hits that sweat is registering becomes sacks? The coverage is 1% better. Not even one percent, right? right? It, so if they if they as a whole as a unit can become better, it's going to make that pass rush so much more effective. And I think obviously uh, we'll we'll talk more about Chase as we go here uh, at some point in one of these these topics. But you know if he's there and is a more effective pass rusher, James and Casey did a tremendous job being solid and doing what they were asked to do last year. But you bring that extra juice of a of a Chase Young, that's going to obviously help create some turnovers and things in the back end as well. Um, and, and the addition of a guy like Forbes, who that's, that's his calling card. Yeah. Um, I, I think the other thing that's, you know, kind of interesting is just seeing how quickly the defensive line, um, you know, gelled together. We can, we can kind of do that more in stock up, stock yeah. down, but um, that, that is one thing too, I that I think I was in, in encouraging, um, you know, big takeaways. Like we had all these nerves about sweat and sp especially young, uh, coming in here and um you know how would they gel with their teammates would anybody be mad is there worry about contracts and it's like no they just they were ready yeah. to play football and and so i think that was that was definitely encouraging as well we can talk about that more in a moment um my big takeaway is on the other side of the ball um and that is just how influential eric Bieniemy sure. is going to be on this football team and that is one thing you know, so you said, I, I don't know anything yet, but I'm informed on this. I know Eric Bandemi has a, a massive, massive impact on this football team from the kind of like I'll call it organizational structure, like sure. how they, you know, it, it's really it's more team structure than organizational structure, how they they are you know putting together their practices how they are what time they are practicing um all all of these things that the enemy very clearly came in and said not we're gonna do this this way but like 
this is how I would like to do them. And Ron was like, okay, well, that's how we do them. Sure. I think that is pretty fascinating for an offensive coordinator to come in. And obviously, he's the assistant head coach as well. But to see just how influential he is, I think was really, I mean, cool because it was different. And and I like things. I like seeing being exposed to new things. Um, but I think it's also going to be more effective for them. And then my question is, you know, kind of moving forward, like, how does that influence the season? Yeah. You know, beyond the same ways that it influenced the off season, you know, practice times, practice structures, things like that. Are there, whether it's the way they play in terms of some of the kind of bigger inter-team stuff, like, you know, is he, does he get to kind of push back on some of the run first philosophy and, you know, looking out for the defense in the ways uh, that I think Ron had imagined coming out of last season, accomplishing the same goals, but in the way that Eric wants to, is there any eventual friction there? You know, are there, know fourth down decisions or you know an aggression or what you know other ways in which the head coach typically makes certain decisions that the enemy will be more heavily involved in or just flat out be making himself those are the things that i'm curious about going into the season on that front but from a general standard a general structure standpoint the enemy's impact was like to me by far and away the the biggest thing i take out of the spring yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, and that'll be interesting, too, to kind of watch, you know, like uh, you mentioned the relationships between him and Ron, like how does that progress? How does that develop? Um, you know, and when, again, like the offense, I thought looked pretty good. And, you know, EB's leadership style, I think, is perfect for what this team needs. But how does that continue to develop? I think, you know, guys, uh, guys, te- NFL teams are funny, man. NFL players are funny. They, they're very proud. They're very proud guys you know and so when someone's on you like that and really demanding like some people runs runs some people the wrong way i don't think eb i think he understands that i think he does a good job of saying like i respect you i'm gonna coach the hell out of you you know and i think like as long as that's clear guys are gonna gonna um gravitate towards that but i've had conversations with guys who are like you know if, if, if the team's not doing well and eb's still coaching like this like what's gonna happen you know and i think that's always important to consider but as, as of right now i think his impact like you said, it's something that um, you can kind of definitively say, yes, he's done a great job of of kind of laying the foundation for training camp. But like with anything, it's got we got to see how it progresses. You know, we just need more data points. I mean, that's the other thing that's crazy is we're making all these kind of broad assumptions and assertions off of nine practices, eight practices, whatever it is. So I think yeah. that's um, that also makes it somewhat challenging. But I do, I do agree. I think he's his impact's been been enormous um and i'm i'm really optim i'm cautiously optimistic about the direction this group is going and um and the offense is going to be a huge part of that obviously hey it's greg hoffman from take command it's not just a podcast it's the 25th hour of your day your weekly source for all things commanders right on time your time a list of household chores do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, definitely. The The way that people react to EB during the season, I think, is something that I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Um, he has been in a winning environment the last however many years he was in Kansas City. Um, and and I guess not all of it, but like, yeah, no, since he's been there, because it was, it was Alex good. and Holmes, he wasn't there. Good. He wasn't there for the, the stuff previous to that. Um, so 
he hasn't had to deal with, you know, kind of any extended losing. Right. Um, and that is something that is different to navigate. And hopefully, you know, obviously it'd be pretty sweet if they didn't have to deal with that here this year. Yeah. Um, if they're able to be an above 500 team, if there are no losing streaks, if there are no, you know, there, there's always moments of tension and they're all relative, you know, mm. uh, a two game skid in Kansas city is like end of the world type of stuff, considering what their standard is and what they've been and their desires to win a super bowl here. Obviously the, I don't say the standard isn't that because that's, that's the ultimate goal, but the, the pressure is not there because no one reasonably expects them to do that. Mm. There's not that external pressure. And I would assume there's not internal pressure there. There's a lot more focus on growth and kind of intangible things in a lot of ways um, that, that will lead to championships, but it's not like, Hey, we have to win the super bowl this year. This season is a failure. Um, so how does he adjust to that throughout the season? If he has to, um, I also, I'd have to look back at the rosters, but you know how young this roster is compared to what some of these had in Kansas City. They've always kind of had some vets around. Um, you know, Fuller obviously is is there as a vet, um, but outside of that, there's just not a lot of old, you know guys that are let's say older than 27 on this roster, especially in starting key positions. Um, he does have some some I guess maturity along the offensive line in that way. Uh, guys like Leno, guys like Wiley, um, but this is such a young roster that how do they respond? to that kind of intensity of coaching uh, throughout the season is something else that I had in mind. Um, the last the last thing I wanted to ask real quick, Logan, on, on OTAs, uh, and then we'll get to stock up, stock down, is the idea that they skip this final practice to me is a nothing. Um, yeah. At that point, it's one practice, who cares? Um, and, and the analogy I made on the radio is it's kind of like going to the gym. No single workout is going to be the one that makes the difference for you one way or the other, unless it's the one you get hurt. That's the only way any single workout is the one that that makes a huge difference. Other than that, it's about stacking days. Um, and that's how you ultimately get to, to where you want to go in, in, a, in a fitness setting, which, of course, is really what football practice is. Um, but. Is it a big deal that they missed three practices? Because the reason they skipped the one is because they already had two taken away from them for what happened in OTAs last year where there was too much contact. Mm -hmm. So one, no big deal. Probably the smart thing. Just get to the summer healthy. You can do what you need to do in meetings, et cetera. But what would another full week of practice have meant to them? Yeah, I mean, a couple things. One, I think, you know... This is like this is more of like a personal touchy feely type thing. I think canceling this practice, I don't want to say it's a Santa. It it it's one of those things that kind of like rubs guys in the locker room a little bit the wrong way. And people say why? You know, like do they want to practice? It's like you make your off season plans around this practice, and so you've planned to be here for this practice, and then all of a sudden it's canceled or whatever, and you're like, well, we're here for like a nothing day. You know, like we didn't really get practice. Like I was staying for that. So I do think that that is something that, you know, is a little bit probably frustrating for some guys in the locker room. It's like, I could have been out of here. I could have been back with my family or back in my hometown or back on my vacation or whatever I'm doing. So that's something to just keep an eye on. In terms of the two practices, um, obviously like the old school player version of me is like, oh man, that's huge. You're never going to get those reps back. But really when you think about it, when you take a step back, even if you're starting, even if you're, if you're participating a lot in the OTAs and minicamp, you're getting five to 10, 15 plays a day. So 30 total reps. And in the grand scheme of the season and the grand scheme of training camp and the grand scheme, even of, even of uh, the OTA mini camp kind of rep dis distribution, like it's a very, very small percentage of stuff. So it's really just kind of two extra days of study and preparation. 
uh, you know, Ron mentioned that he was able, they've been able to get all of their installs in. It's like a 10 day install. And then they have two days of kind of review. So I, I, from that standpoint, it's not, you, you've already installed that during kind of the first week of off season program phase one, you've installed your offense, you've installed it again here. And I just think it's kind of like one of those things where the, my, my knee jerk player reaction is that, oh my gosh, this is a huge deal. But also like you have training camp coming up, you have, you have a preseason work to kind of supplement this. And, and in the grand scheme of prep for the season, it's probably not that big of a deal. It's just kind of going over stuff you've already gone over, hashing out some details. And I honestly think just based on the structure of practice, that what they've been doing as of right now, it's, it's probably not, you know, like a huge, huge, huge thing. And I know that's hard for fans to like understand, but I, I think your gym analogy is good. You know, it's like, it's, it's, these days were not are, are not necessary. Let's put it that way. They're not necessary to the off-season install. And so they're just kind of your auxiliary days to kind of continue the strength conditioning analogy. It's like, oh, we're hitting back and bicep today. And is that going to help my deadlift down the road? Sure. But is it absolutely necessary that I get those days? Probably not. So in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's that, that significant. I think the, the more significant factor is just kind of like, the general irritation that some of the players probably have at this point, not being able to get out of here, you know, kind of saying, Hey, we're going to be here. We're going to have a productive day. And then kind of, you know, not doing that, I think is always, you know, guys get, they grumble about all sorts of stuff. You know, you've been around the locker room, Craig, it doesn't take a lot to get those guys pissed off. So um, that would be the one no. thing that I'd say is probably significant about it. That was one thing I thought about. If I was a player, I'd be, I'd be pretty annoyed yeah. about that. Like, why couldn't you just cancel it last week? Cause then I would be out of here. I'd be back to where I'm going on friday right. of last week right so right that, that's the one that, that's the only thing i think that's even a little bit relevant to this is just it's kind of like and even then it's like yeah. what what is the real trickle down of yeah. that unless they like keep jerking guys around and you know yeah whatever but and i think and, and, and to be fair to the coaching staff they may have fully intended to have practice and then so many guys yeah. didn't come back for this practice you know they didn't they just kind of because this is an ota day right this, yeah, yeah, yeah this was this was a voluntary. A lot of guys so. just probably said, "Hey, I'm out of here," and then they don't have enough guys to like practice. Practice, they're like, "Well, yeah. what are we going to do?" So it also sounded like they, you know, Ron, the way it was presented through the media, um, you know, when whoever Ron or whoever you know talking to Kime and Nikki and Standig and everybody was like, they talked. Ron talked to Bienemy. Uh, he talked to Jack. They were fully satisfied with where they were, and they were like, "What's the point?" Right. So, you know, if they were happy, with, you know, they didn't anticipate things going so well through minicamp um, and they hadn't had those meetings yet. Like, it's just the logistics of the logistics of life, Logan, sure. the logistics of life. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of annoying uh, <laughs> if you're a player. But then again, like if you're one of the top guys, um, yeah, you might have just planned on not going anyway. Right. This, and and that's what I'm saying. So, so there's like, I mean, and, and if a... you're a younger guy, you have to be at those meetings that they're that they had instead anyway, because you can't you can't be like, yeah, well, I'm going on vacation. I'm good with my install, even though I'm the 78th guy and have a point three percent chance of making the team. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's just one of those things. It's like it, just, it though, that that's something that I know I, I've been around locker rooms that just bothers guys. It's like, why are we here for this day? Yeah. And yeah, you know. Because you want to make the team. Correct. It's your job. Yes. And, uh, you know, you don't have to work again for six weeks. Correct. I would also like to take July off from my job uh, because you goobers are going to be doing whatever. And I don't have a lot to talk about. That's NBA right. free agency. Please be interested. <laughs>